photographs of this famous place went right across the world just after VE Day in 1945 when Europe celebrated peace. But the real story was 150 years earlier. This is Trafalgar Square in London. A tourist visited here some years ago and went into the National Gallery just over there and asked for a print of the portrait of Nelson. We don't have a portrait of Nelson Mandela, said the guy behind the desk. No, it's not Nelson Mandela that I'm after, it's Horatio Nelson. Who? said the receptionist. Lord Horatio Nelson, who's on the column outside, who fought and won the Battle of Trafalgar, as in Trafalgar Square. Sorry, I don't know who you're talking about, came the reply. I've spent my life helping people to connect with the real God of the Bible. It is amazing how many strange myths and ideas that lots of us have picked up that have got nothing to do with what the Bible actually says about a God who loves us, has a plan for our lives and sent his son Jesus to live and die in order that we could be reconnected to the God who made us. So in case you have no idea about the Battle of Trafalgar, a glorious old warship and the guy who was in charge of it, let me explain. On September the 15th, 1805, the flagship HMS Victory sailed out of Portsmouth en route for the south coast of Spain. Standing on deck was the man who would go down in history as the greatest naval strategist of them all, Vice Admiral Lord Horatio Nelson. These days, HMS Victory has pride of place in Portsmouth's historic dockyard. And every time a modern warship passes by her, the crew stand on deck in honour of the old lady of the fleet and the battle that she fought and won all those years ago. Lord Nelson is honoured among the ranks of the Royal Navy, but if the truth was known, his life was a mixed bag of contradictions. Brought up in a devoutly Christian family, Nelson was a man of prayer with a deep personal faith in a God who he believed would fight for him and for those who sought justice for the oppressed. But his life was full of moral conflicts, not just military ones. And there were question marks over some of his life choices and his views about other groups of people. Back to the story. After a month at sea, Nelson ordered the fleet to anchor 50 miles off the coast of Cadiz. And then at 6am on Sunday the 21st of October, the lookout positioned high above Victory's quarterdeck described a forest of masts rising out of the ocean. The combined fleets of France and Spain loyal to Napoleon Bonaparte were fast approaching and so was Nelson's moment of destiny. He issued the order to prepare for the engagement and Victory's guns were rigged for battle. Deep below the waterline, the explosives now had to be brought up to the gun decks. 
Some of the boys who brought the gunpowder up were 10 years old. They were nicknamed powder monkeys. The carpenters got to work fashioning plugs and plates to repair the ship when it inevitably got hit. The ship's surgeons sharpened their tools in readiness for the amputations that they would soon be carrying out. The Franco-Spanish fleet was stretched out in a concave line, so the ships in the middle were further away than the ones at the ends of the line. The British fleet sailed towards them at full speed in two parallel lines. HMS Victory was at the head of the right column and HMS Royal Sovereign on the left. The guns on those old-fashioned warships were mounted on the sides and could not fire forwards or backwards. Nelson knew that Victory and Royal Sovereign would be exposed to the total firepower of the enemy as they led the way in. Both ships were horrendously damaged and pretty much all of the crew on Victory's decks were wounded. Nelson's personal assistant was cut in half by a cannonball. His blood is still on Nelson's uniform that is in the museum at Portsmouth's historic dockyard. As soon as Victory and Royal Sovereign breached the enemy line, they could open fire. Now it was the guns on the enemy ships that were facing in the wrong direction. Simultaneously, a hundred cannons were fired at point-blank range from the port side of Royal Sovereign and the starboard side of Victory. And then every British ship that entered the concave line could fire at the French and Spanish warships. And then in the smoke of battle, Lord Nelson was struck by a sniper's bullet as he gave orders on the quarterdeck of the flagship. The projectile passed through his shoulder, severing a main artery. He was bleeding to death. Members of the crew carried their intrepid leader below deck, where he died as the battle was won. When Jesus bled and died on a Roman cross 2,000 years ago, the ultimate battle was fought. The Bible says that through his death, an eternal victory was won. And through that victory, we can have our lives transformed as we are reborn into a relationship with the God who made us. Shortly before the Battle of Trafalgar, Lord Nelson withdrew below deck to his private quarters where he prayed to his Father in heaven. These are the words that he wrote down that day as he entered the battle that would end his life on this earth. Great God whom I worship, grant to my country and for the benefit of Europe a victory untarnished by misconduct. For myself, I commit my life to him who made me. I resign myself to him and to the cause which has been entrusted to me to defend. Amen. The battles that you face today are probably not the ones that are fought with cannonballs and gunpowder, but they are battles nevertheless. You too can know the God that Vice Admiral Lord Horatio Nelson prayed to 
on board HMS Victory on that perilous morning in October 1805. Let him be the captain on board the ship of your life today.